We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we record from today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to the elders past and present. I extend that respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Meet the Source, a new podcast from CAPI where hosts Emma Evans and Thurman Wise get to the source of our daily rituals, speaking with entrepreneurs that are changing the face of our day to day. From making our bed to a glass of wine and everything in between, we give you a peek into the leaders making our daily rituals serve us better, support our communities and bring positive change to our surroundings. Hello and welcome to The Source. As always, your hosts, I'm Thurman Wise. And Emma Evans. And we have a very exciting episode six for you today. The ritual is leaving somewhere better than you found it. So all around sustainability with an amazing guest, Menan Bouchamp-Tardot, who is the founder and managing director of Little Green Panda. Before we jump into that, though, a little catch up with myself and Emma. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm probably not feeling as good as you are feeling right now. (laughs) Emma has just come back from Byron on a retreat. (laughs) That's true, Thurman. I feel like it was so perfectly timed. It was a rescheduled retreat initially in 2021, but COVID had different plans for us. So it was quite a weird feeling to come back from the Christmas break for only four weeks and then head off to a retreat where I shut off my emails, my Slack notifications, my phone, and just immerse myself in what I was doing, which is so nourishing. And now I'm still riding that kind of floating wave of of chill. How was the retreat? Do you mind sharing a little bit about maybe the name of the retreat, what you did for our listeners out there in case... Maybe they want to float back. Anyone wants to go. Yes. So the retreat was called Soma Retreat in the Byron Hinterland. If you've watched Nine Perfect Strangers, that's where it was filmed. Not that that's why I went there, but it's sort of like for people who have watched the show, it's, it's iconic to think, oh, that's where Nicole Kidman did that thing. And it's a really beautiful property. It was called Redesign and it was all about learning Vedic meditation, some rounding, kind of cleansing from technology and life and just making sure that your nervous system was nourished uh, and relaxed. So it's run by somebody by the name of Gary Goro, who has studied this technique and a lot of other elements of health and healing for the last 15 years. So there was about 11 people. It was a really lovely group, amazing food, amazing elements of nature to explore. And, you know, I love learning new things, as you know. So um, it was just really great to immerse myself in that. And I've been trying to keep up that particular meditation technique, which requires 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon since I've gotten home. And the evening is, it's a challenge when you get home from work. That's kind of the last thing you feel like doing, but has actually been really nice to sort of create a space between work and home and leave all of the thoughts that I have about work there. So I went with my sister, which was wonderful and definitely 
retreats are my thing. I'd love to do a couple of year, a couple of year, but they weren't always my thing. And, you know, I, I have a huge annual leave balance, which is appalling because it just demonstrates how many years I didn't take a break and now I'm making up for it. So definitely take breaks, always. Take breaks. Take breaks, make them retreats. Make them retreats. Also, also Emma, this Saturday when we get our nails done, yeah. I expect you to give me a little Vedic meditation, mini training, just okay. a mini training. Well, yeah, I mean... Technically, you have to go through four sessions and I'm not a trained teacher, but I'll, I'll give you um, some insight. Just the preview. Sure. Can do. So how did you go with me being away from the office while I was on retreat? What was that like for you? We barely survived. <laughs> Cappy almost burned down. But, you know, we, we pulled it together. Yeah. No, it, was, it was interesting, though. It was one of those funny things where for all of you that know, Emma and I work together, but we also like we just share inspiration with each other all the time with different like projects or meditation or podcast things. And there was quite a few things that I was like, Oh my God, I just need to like capture this and send it to Emma. But I was like, no, she's on retreat. So we do have this little like message board thing that we have that I can just send things to, to not bother. So that was the only thing I had to get used to. But other than that, we survived. (laughs) I think our sales increased maybe. All right. But no, it was, it was good. It was not, I think it was nice to have a little break. Yeah. From each other. From each other. Yeah. That was definitely needed. (laughs) And, and actually big thing was I got to dog sit. Emma's puggler named Chino. We're new best mates. That is true. There was a, there was a moment that I had a bit of a panic as I saw little Chino on, on your Instagram without his dog harness. And I was like, oh my goodness. There he goes. (laughs) But uh, we we rectified that and Thurman adhered to all dog safety requirements and all of Chino's needs, which are are many. But I was very grateful for that. He did gain a little weight though. He did gain a little weight. We've discussed that since you've you've left. We've sort of said, how many treats does this guy have? Yeah. Well, with that in mind, it's time for us to kick our show off. So... Welcome, Manon. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, everyone. Hi, Thurman and Emma. Thanks so much for having me. How's your day starting off? Oh, well, I mean, this is a cherry on the cake for being here with you two, so I can't complain. Well, we are just as happy to have you with us today. If you don't mind, for our guests that might not be familiar with Little Green Panda, can you tell them a little bit about your brand and what you guys do? Absolutely. So, Little Green Panda sort of started as a side hustle. I started this just when I graduated from university in 2018 and we were selling reusable bamboo straws, hence our name Little Green Panda. And this was before plastic was even a problem, before reusables were considered as a trendy item to have, I suppose. And I guess I was just at the right place at the right time and serendipity things happened and the ban on plastic came around and then I had all these customers sort of panicking, wanting to find better alternatives. I started a social media account and I think that's when things really blew up. And I saw that there was, okay, this could be definitely be something and there's a demand for the product. Um, so I started with reusable bamboo stores and I was selling those to cafes to use for smoothies and all that. And those are really good. But then I had more and more people come to me and said, you know, we really love the, the reusable stores, but We really want something that's just single use that we can just throw away. Um, We don't have to worry about it. Is there anything you can do there? 
And so this is where my, actually where I, I used to be a fashion designer before. I used to work for Zara and H&M, which I know is fast fashion, so very different to what I'm doing, like my mission now. But pretty much how I came about with our, our new disposable products, Strula, was that when I went to go see my manufacturer, we used to make these beautiful straw hats and bags made from straws. And when I went to see my manufacturer at the factory, I saw all these like this pile and pile of just straw waste on the corner, just waiting to be collected, to be burnt and disposed of. And it got me thinking because the whole vision, I guess, was around like, what did we used to do before plastic was a thing? Like before the industrial ages, what did we what did we depend on, you know? And so I did research and I actually discovered that the name straw came from the actual straw because those were the original straws from the 1800s before paper was even a thing. And also a little side note, which I think is very funny given the circumstance we're in now, the straw was invented when there was the plague and it was to help prevent spreading diseases when men used to drink beer at the pubs. Like that's literally how a straw was invented, which is so funny because like we're in another pandemic now. So <laughs> you need to be straw conscious. You need to be straw aware. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. So from there on, I, 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 contacted my manufacturer. I was like, look, what do you guys do with all your leftover waste? And so they have over in Asia. So they just looked at me like I was like, what is this girl? Like, why does this girl want to buy waste from us? Like, what is she up to? And I said, look, I will buy your waste off you and let's turn them into the original drinking straws. And so this, at first they were like a bit, you know, they looked at me very weirdly saying like, what is this girl doing? But then we actually, they actually realized there was a second source of income for them and they just love the idea. So our straws are actually a byproduct from the fashion industry. And I just love that so much. I love that story. That's am amazing. It's like you've combined fashion, history, helping the planet in like a two minute introduction. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Easy. We figured it out. No, that's so cool. And I think like what's really great is that this episode is all about the ritual of leaving a space or our planet better than we found it. And it's really cool to hear that we sort of had it figured out for a second and then we ruined it. And now we're coming back around again mm -hmm. to improve it. Absolutely. What's really funny, Thurman, is that People always ask me like, oh my gosh, how did you come up with this idea? This is amazing. Like they just have love hearts in their eyes. And I mean, I wish I could take the credit for this innovation. But the reality of things is that it's been around for centuries and we just forgot about it when we became so dependent on plastic. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think like it is so wild to see how you can rediscover something and take it into something completely new. And I know that you guys are, you are working on new products. I've seen that you guys have the, I don't want to say plasticware, like the compostable yes. forks, knives, things like that yeah. as well. Those ones are actually the world's first coffee cutlery. So that we launched those in October and that was just an incredible response. And like the name suggests, we use upcycled coffee grounds from cafes and then we just make them into fork, knife and a spoon. 
And I'm guessing more products that will soon be coming out using that whole technology. I can't wait. <laughs> There's one that you've told me about previously, which mm -hmm. I'm very excited for. Can't keep follow Little Green Panda. You You'll go. see it soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> A little teaser trailer. What inspires you to take what you've already done with the straws and move it into other products? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I think, so Little Bean Pan, has been, we've been around for three years now, and we've just been focusing on creating the best straw on the market, which not to be biased, but they're pretty amazing, especially the sugarcane straws because they're fully compostable. Not to jump in and interrupt you, but um, I live above duke's coffee on flinders uh -huh. lane and i go in and i try my best to use my reusable coffee mug as much as possible <laughs> some days it's a little funky i forgot to wash it and i do get a takeaway coffee cup and i remember the first time that i went there i saw that your sugarcane straws and previously like i've had straws in the past and they just were like terrible you know like they're just like <laughs> it wasn't a good quality or and it was quite a different drinking experience and i was so suspect as to how your straws are going to be and they are amazing they hold up they're like they stay intact they the whole time they, they never go soggy <laughs> and yeah it's just like it is such a great product oh thank you I'm, I'm touched to like know that you've you've sipped from one of them before that's so awesome it makes me so happy <laughs> but this technology that we use because it's not made from any plastic. It's fully compostable. Like we put it in the compost bin and our straws break down in four weeks. Like you can literally put it in your garden, in the soil, like it can wind up in the water anyway, it will start to naturally break down. And so this technology, we've really, especially like during lockdown, I've just like been working with my manufacturer to really create the best alternative possible. And I think from then, we really saw that there was a demand and also the bans on plastic allowing that now really the, the only eco-friendly option out there is paper, which I mean, we might get into further down the discussion, but I don't believe that paper is the long-term sustainable solution with the whole world is switching from this because it's coming from trees and trees, you know, they take forever to grow back. So that right now we're seeing a big movement of paper packaging the wood cutlery all that and so i was like okay why don't we take what we've done with the straws and use another food waste product like coffee grounds and turn them as well into a new product which is the coffee cutlery and as you said you'll use the coffee grounds into new products mm -hmm. that's coming it coming soon yes <laughs> I love how you're teasing. <laughs> Just a bit. So obviously anything in the sustainability space, I feel like is like climbing mountains that are a little bit harder than, than the norm. So are there any like challenges along the way that you just vividly remember thinking, oh my goodness, how are we going to overcome this? Or mm -hmm. is this going to be worth it? Which it totally is, but in the moment may not feel like it. I love that question, Emma, because that is literally, I feel like my life 24 <laughs> seven, especially at the beginning, because I think right now, like sustainability is a hot topic. Everyone, like every business is trying to include it. Every consumer wants to do their part, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad that this has caught on. But when we first started in 2018, we had to educate people and tell them the importance of why we need to consider making the switch and finding better alternatives because people back then when there wasn't the ban on plastic 
when there wasn't as much awareness, people didn't feel like they had to do their part. They didn't feel like there was a need to find better alternatives or even to make better products. And I reckon just only now, like end of 2021, was really when I'm seeing like a big change of how people are more open to innovation, more aware of their consumer habits, how businesses do business with the planet in mind. But that wasn't always the case, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's always that wild thing of, I think, especially when it's something like a straw and we see it a lot at Cappy, you know, it's just a bottle of water. It's just one thing. And people don't realize that if a million people are all doing one little bad thing, Mm-hmm. It adds up so quickly. It really does. How many plastic straws have been sa- saved, I guess, from Little Green Panda? Do you know? Well, I guess I can tell. <laughs> we were going to do a big announcement afterwards, but I- I'm happy to share with you now. This so, is the scoop, everyone. We've got first dibs. <laughs> so last week, we officially reached the 10 million straws sold so far. Wow. Replaced, if you want. 10 million we have this like little countdown, like this little countdown in the office. And every time we have a sale, like it just like clocks off. So we like really could count how many. And the other day it reached 10 million and it was just so awesome. So I really want to do something like, um, cause I, I was telling Thurman that we have a trade show coming up this week, weekend. So after that, like I really want to do like a big event on social yeah. media or something Amazing. like that. Too. Yeah. So, so exciting. Thank Congratulations you. on the big 10 million Thanks. number. <laughs> Next one, 100 million. Here we go. There we go. Start the countdown. Exactly. You'll, I'll come back when, it, when we hit that. <laughs> so many of our guests, you know, I, I ask them, you know, do they feel proud of what they do? Because, you know, so much of what everyone's been doing that we chat to, they're just running at such a pace. They've got so much on. They're changing the world. They're challenging the status quo. So I guess when it comes to you as a person, how do you keep yourself on the straight and narrow and grounded? Do you have any daily rituals that can enable you to sort of show up and and keep climbing those mountains? Mm -hmm. That is a really, yeah, that's a, a really good one because I find, like you said, like when, and I'm sure you guys can relate too, like when you feel like you're just in the trenches, you just like see the the straight path, you don't actually see the zoomed out vision or impact that you're making. And for me personally, like, I just feel like I'm just head down. I'm just working away, but I don't actually see the, the, the path that I've digged myself to get to where I am. And I feel like in terms of rituals, I was having a little think about that because I feel like I have different ways of doing my personal ritual. And I don't know if that's like your traditional way of doing things. And maybe that's just because it might not be a good thing, but right now my whole world is Little Green Panda and I just want to like get it to a point where we can make such a big impact and actually change the way people use products. So I don't like do specific things like some people do, like for example, I don't know, like yoga or Pilates or that kind of stuff to really ease the mind. I find like I have a bit of a different way of doing it and I don't know. There's no it, right way. There's no right yeah. way. So my way of staying focused and feeling energized and all that is by being creative. I absolutely, I find like that just relaxes my mind and I just get into the zone. And although it's like being creative, I'm working on the business. So in terms of like creating content, all that kind of stuff, like for me, if I don't do that, 
I noticed that I feel like that same urge is like when you don't go running, you know, that kind of that need. It's very weird, but that's oh, that's it's how not. I, I mean, the, yeah. it's basically you're saying you don't want to live in spreadsheets and meetings, which I'm that's pretty it. sure we could all say we don't want to do that. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm not a spreadsheet kind of girl. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before this recording, actually, we have our strategy day tomorrow, and I was finalizing the PowerPoint, and I could see that Thurma was in the PowerPoint while I was in the PowerPoint, and I was like, get out of the I'm in there. Don't lose my changes. <laughs> the funny thing about that is though that I had gone into the PowerPoint and then I left for lunch. So I wasn't even making changes. I just had it open on my computer while I was eating Mexican food. And I got back to the the my computer and was Emma being like, get out, get out. <laughs> I will say though, speaking of your creative ritual of content, you have such a fan group here at Cappy that loves like oh. your vid- your video content, your TikToks. Oh, that's so sweet. So if you do want to see Manon's uh, creative ritual in yeah. real or not in real life, but the video version, TikTok, Instagram, it's fantastic. Oh, well, I can't take all the credit. My my co-founder, Daveen, she is the natural actress. It's so much fun. I, I just get, yeah, that's my source of, of energy. I, I think as being a business owner or founder, do you have any thing that you do to start your day or to end your day to be able to mm-hmm. sort of, I guess, like to draw a difference between personal life or work life, or as you mm-hmm. said, your whole life at the moment mm-hmm. is Little Green Panda? Mm-hmm. So I am a night owl. I'm not a morning person at all. I go to bed really, really late and I don't really sleep much, but I, I find like I run okay on that. So for me, my I do my best work at the nighttime, but I also find that I can really disconnect and I do a lot of meditating and EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, tapping, all that kind of stuff I do at nighttime. And I feel like it's when the whole, when I know the whole world is sleeping and I don't get disturbed. Whereas in the morning, I just feel like I wake up and I just get so many emails and although it's really hard not to check your phone. And I've tried that several times you just have it in the back of your mind. Whereas for me, I do that whole process at like after midnight. And I find that helps me a lot in terms of, okay, this is my time now, Manon's time. Do you mind explaining a little more about EFT? EFT, of course. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. I've heard of it, but I I wouldn't be able to explain it. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it can seem a bit like (laughs) woohoo, that kind of stuff. But I recently discovered it during lockdown, I think, when there was like a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress and all that. And we were very limited in what the resources that we could use to try and feel better. So EFT is pretty much like emotional freedom technique. And it's like an alternative treatment for physical pain and emotional distress in a way. And it's also sort of referred to as tapping or like a psychological acupuncture in a way. And what it is, is that it's a technique where you like tap on certain parts of your body in the the meridian meridian points. There you go. And so it creates pretty much a balance of your energy system. And it also links up to treat pain by making a disruption in energy that causes all the negative emotions and pain you can be feeling in your body. So yeah, that's pretty much 
it. I just kind of love how you're like, I don't do yoga. And then (laughs) then you go into like, but I meditate and do tapping because I think more people do yoga than that. (laughs) So you're not weird at all. That's amazing. It honestly, it's just changed my way of thinking. I had like a lot of anxiety, especially during lockdown. It was very, very hard for me. And I just discovered it and I saw it and I was like, oh, it feels a bit, you know, a bit woohoo. But I was like, what have I got to lose? And I, I did it. I tried it. And it just honestly and truly, like, I just feel much more positive. The energy that I give out and I can feel is more balanced and I have less negative thoughts. And because as a, like you would understand, like, as a business owner, entrepreneur, like, you have so much on your shoulders you're literally like the driving force. You wear so many hats. And at the end of the day, it's just like so stressful. And I find that for me, EFT is really something that has changed my life. I mean, it's so cool to hear that because, and if any of my friends are listening to this podcast, they've heard me say this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. It's wild that when it comes to these rituals or stress relief things, Sometimes we're so nervous to share them or we're worried that someone's going to be like, no, that's not how you do it. That's how I do it. But really, it is kind of like language, you know, Mm -hmm. like no one's ever like, oh, you speak French, you're wrong. Or, oh, you speak Spanish, you're wrong. But when it comes to like your beliefs or how you, oh, I do yoga or I do, I meditate, like Mm -hmm. whatever works, right? Exactly. It might not work for me. I'm going to try it. I'm going to Google EFT. I'm I'm going to try EFT tonight. Please do. (laughs) I was like, when you started, I was like, oh, I'm just going to start now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think what's really cool about it, no matter what you do, is just the understanding that you can influence your state. And so if you're feeling Mm -hmm. anxious or you're feeling stressed or you're feeling tired, whether it's tapping or breath work or going for a run or jumping in a cold shower, it's just kind of not being victim to that state for too long. And mm-hmm. being able to go, okay, I'm going to get away from the computer. And I, I love that you're like, I work best at night because that's so much of what we have to break is if you are in a role or a business that can be outside of a structure like nine to five, then why not make that work to your advantage if, you, if you've got that opportunity? Mm-hmm. I know I was a bit hesitant when I was like, oh, do I share this? Like, Oh, I'm so glad you did. <laughs> As like at the end of the day, this is me. This is how I do it. I don't know if other people can relate or even you know understand it. But yeah, I'm I'm a true believer as well. And in terms of like you were sort of touching base, Emma, on like how tapping can sort of like change the way you're thinking, your your mentality, and all that. I'm a true believer that your thoughts create your reality, and you know the life that you're living right now is everything that you've thought, every action that you've done. So when you're in that negative headspace, it's so important to be able to find a source to get out of it mm-hmm. because that will really impact not only you, but the life that you're living too. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual high five. This episode is brought to you by Applewood a B Corp certified distillery situated in the pristine Adelaide Hills that crafts spirits reflective of the land we belong to, specializing in endemic Australian botanicals and an expression of spirit so uniquely Australian that the only way to enjoy it fully is, of course, with Cappy. 
Get your hands on a bottle from Select Dan Murphy's, your quality independent retailers, or online at applewooddistillery.com.au. And are there any people or businesses that you really look up to uh, or find inspiring? Uh, yes, of course. Obviously, you guys, Cappy, I find I've always been a huge admirer of the work that you guys do. And I remember the very first time I ever actually saw one of your bottles was when I first arrived to Australia. And I had a little brunch in down in Flinders Lane. And that's when I discovered you guys. And I really, really loved your journey so far. So I've been following you guys ever since. And that's been eight years now. So, so I love everything that you guys have achieved. And then in terms of other sustainable brands, and I'm going to focus a bit on Melbourne because I feel like there's a lot of good brands out there that are really doing their part to help the environment. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the Great Wrap. Yes. They manufacture home compostable cling wrap made from potato waste. Super cool. Yes. I just love to see what they're doing because as, as well, like what I love the most is that that's a product that you would never think is an issue. But when you come to think of it, like every single person, like come cooking time, you use it. That's also a source of plastic. So it's a great product that is going to be well, well needed. I'm so glad that they're working on that. You mentioned that when you first came to Australia eight years ago, Mm -hmm. what brought you here? (sighs) What brought me here? Okay. So I'm originally from France. I've lived most of my life overseas in different countries, but I've spent a good part of my life in France. And I went to school in a French educational system and I just really did not like, I didn't like it at all. Just the way that the system is over there. It's very, very competitive. It's very um, mathematical physics. Like it's very particular way of studying. Like we would study from six to 8 PM. Like those were like our days. There was no time for like creative time, no sport, no art, nothing was like, prioritized. It was just literally like math, science, physics, history, geography, you name it. And I remember I told my parents, I was like, when I graduate from high school, I don't want to study in France again. Like I don't like it at all. And so my mom is actually from New Zealand, but I've never really lived in New Zealand. And I did an exchange at Geelong Grammar School in my high school. And I actually lived in Melbourne, in Geelong for six months. And that's when I saw how high school was for students back then. And I mean, of course, Geelong Grammar is like something like out of this world. Like, I think it's like, I literally felt like I was in Hogwarts. Like it was incredible, but also like the classes you could learn, everything like that was just a whole other world to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, if this is high school, how is university here? So I actually went and I, I did like open days and I saw unis and I saw all these different like degrees that you could study that is so different to what you could ever study in France. And I was like, that's it. I'm coming here. So I packed my bags. I think I was 19 years old. I knew no one. I had no family, no friends, nothing. And I was like, that's it. I'm coming here and I'm studying in Melbourne. And I never left. So there we go. Wow. That's very courageous. <laughs> Yeah, looking back, (laughs) I don't know how my parents let me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an important part of your life, you know, that it's like those years where you're really kind of trying to figure out what you do. And it's wild because 
listening to what you said about where you find your meditation, it's in creativity, right? And, you know, it's about having mm-hmm. that space. And when you were young, that was completely not being addressed by your schooling at all or education. It was just like, this is how you need to be. But you broke free. That's it. <laughs> went across the world. Absolutely. That's sort of like what happened. Yeah. And now I bet your parents are like, gosh, I wish we didn't let her go at 18 they to are, go to they, move back to Australia. That is, they always like, so, you know, the degree was meant to be only for four years. I, I, like, are you going to come back and get a job in France? And I was like, no way. I'm not coming. I'm not. I, like, I will come back for the food and for the beautiful weather because I live in the south of France. So like where Nice and Monaco is. So oh. it is absolutely beautiful. And I miss my cheese, my wine and my baguettes. I'm actually going, I actually just booked flights to go back to Europe, back home for two months this year. And I'm so excited. And I think the first thing I was is like, just get me wine, cheese and baguette. That's all I want. That's all I need. As soon as I arrive in Paris, that's what I want. At least here though, in Melbourne, especially, we do have, we do have some good wine, cheese and bread. You do, but the cheese is incredibly expensive. Maybe not quite the South of France. I eat cheese like there's no tomorrow. I think like for cheese, you could get like a beautiful brie or something for like three euros. Whereas here, if you were to get the same thing, it's like close to, you know, 15, not, I mean, probably more, 15, you get like a little triangle or something. And for me, like that's a big budget of cheese that I have to allocate every week to eat. <laughs> it adds up for sure. Are there any places here in Melbourne that make you feel like back home or that remind you Ooh. of... So funny enough, with my business partner, Darin, we love, which is a traditional French dish called moule frites, which is mussels and chips. And it is like, this is like the dish you have in France everywhere, like in summer, you have it with a glass of rosé. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I was looking everywhere to try and find moule frites. And here I feel like everyone's always talking about oysters. And, you know, you have the oysters, but I'm like, where is, I need my mood frites. Like it's been two years since I haven't been home. Where can I find it? And I was Googling everywhere trying to find, and I found this little diamond of a little bistro restaurant in St. Kilda called Bistro Volier. And they did it. And I think it was just a pure blessed moment. I don't think I've ever appreciated food that much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down. I'll go there this weekend. <laughs> yes. Bistro Voliere and St. Kilda on Sundays, they do mood frites. Well, good. I hope they're using little green panda straws. Well, so we are in discussion with the manager now because when we had the, we had like an Avril <laughs> script and it came with like this black paper straw and I was like, this won't do. Let me give you something better. <laughs> Has conversations like that with cafes and, and restaurants, are they some of the most challenging conversations you've had? Or I guess in, in getting people to think about sustainability, do you think you found tougher conversations with like customers that are buying it online? Or is it, is it a bigger challenge with hospitality? Is it a bigger challenge with cafes? Or has there been a side of the business that's just been super keen to jump on the bandwagon and really grow the business? Mm-hmm. I would say definitely now it is very, very easy to to get people on board because right now the only option is paper straws and everyone really doesn't like it, doesn't give a good drinking experience and also costs more money because you have to give out several to be able to finish your drink. 
So nowadays I feel like it is much easier. But when I did start and I used to go door to door knocking and I think I was like 25, well, my little box of stores and I was just like knocking and doing my little sales pitch. And some people were just like, loved it, loved the concept. They're like, yes, I'll make the switch. Some people were like, mm, I don't see what you're doing. Like, it's not a big deal. Paper, like these are fine or plastic is fine sort of thing. And in terms of consumers, I think especially on social media for us, we have the most amazing community on there. We have little ambassadors who just absolutely mean the world to us and so incredibly supportive in the sense that they will go to their favorite, like to their local cafes. And I don't know, I've had countless DMs of people saying, I just went to my cafe, I saw they were just using plastic or paper straws and I gave them your card or your Instagram, make sure to reach out to them. And when I first saw this, I was so incredibly touched because this is like taking energy from someone else's day to be so kind and wanting to do this. But I think they're doing this because, first of all, they don't want to support plastic anymore. They want that, their local cafe to be better. But second of all, I think it's just absolute kindness for, of support. And that's just been, I think that's the best feeling in the whole wide world. Like some days in business, you're like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? You know, it's so hard. I should just get a nine to five. And then you get DMs like this or emails like that, that just like make you realize that what you're doing is for the greater good and to keep on going. So nice. And so then with that, if we move from looking back to looking forward, what are you excited about for the future of Little Green Panda? Oh, well, right now we are in the progress of making new products. And I touched that a little bit with Thurman around so we started with this, this drinking straws and we really perfectionized that technology over the last two, three years, I would say. And now our latest one has been like the coffee cutlery. And so I, we really want to take food waste and remake it into different products. So we've got two new ones on the way that we've been developing and I'm very excited to hopefully be able to share with you guys soon. But the vision is to go beyond straws. It's to go like anything that's to do with disposable packaging. How can we make that better? How can we make a home compostable version? Not a PLA version, not a commercially compostable plastic, because I don't believe in that one bit, especially because in Australia, we don't have the right facilities, the right recycling bins to be able to process all this. So I want to create a whole range of packaging that you can literally put anywhere in your garden bin, in your home compost, if you were to litter, it would naturally break down because there's no plastic, there's nothing nasty in it, it's all natural and it's designed to disappear. So that's like the, that's the vision. It's kind of a cool vision, right? Design things to disappear. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Why make a product that you use for five minutes that's gonna last for centuries on end? It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, I remember I have, two really kind of dear friends that make furniture. And I remember them explaining that it was a time in their career where they're getting really, really popular. And so many people were asking them to collaborate with this, make this, let's make this, let's make that. And they were, they were like, it was beyond how many opportunities there were. And they said, you know, to be honest, we say no to so much because they're like, there's enough stuff. We have enough stuff. Like, 
as, as people, we just kind of keep polluting with more and more stuff. And so they're like, we're just very careful with what we put out in this world. But with what you're doing, you're literally designing things that will not last, which is so amazing. There is no extra straws laying around from you, you know? Exactly. It has been so wonderful to chat with you today and cover all things from straws to tapping to French food. I love how these podcasts go on a journey and you never know where they're going to land. Uh, but before we wrap up, if people wanted to find out more about you or if they wanted to go and check what straws their local cafe were using, what is the best place for people to come across you or reach out? Mm -hmm. You can check us out on online. So either through our website, which is littlegreenpanda.com or you can also, um, if you want to follow along on our journey and, and the new products that we're coming up, we're super, super active on social media, on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, and it's just the same little green pander, um, which is our handle. Amazing. Maybe we'll get you into the office to give us a few TikTok lessons. Um, <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> well, enjoy that trip home. All the baguettes, all the cheese, all the wine. But we are so grateful to have you today and we look forward to seeing what's next. Thank you so much, Emma and Thurman. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on episode six of The Source with the wonderful Manon from Little Green Panda. A very special thank you to Applewood Distillery for bringing this episode to life. A very special shout out to Henry from Applewood as well. And if you did enjoy our episode, please subscribe and download. And we look forward to welcoming you to episode seven with the wonderful Nikki G in two weeks. Until then, ciao, ciao.